0: Welcome to Celebration Church's podcast. We hope this helps you to know God better and trust Him more. To learn more about Celebration Church, please visit us at CelebrationChurchLive.com. Second part of our Aloha series. I'm sure you couldn't help but notice some of our stuff as you came in with our banners up about Aloha. And we've kicked this series off last week. We are actually looking in this at the hellos and the goodbyes of the epistles and so if you've got the the greetings and the endings a lot of the stuff you can tend to kind of skip over or skim through to get to the meat of what is trying to be said but every word is inspired by the holy spirit and we want to look at this and they all have a life for us so if you've got your UVersion app if you got your bulletin open then we've just Kicking off with this thought that the hellos and goodbyes of the epistles help us to embrace all that God has for us. Even the just Paul getting started in his letters, Peter getting started in his letters, or right at the end, kind of wrapping up what he has to say, these moments are meaningful and they have things for us. And we've, we've used the word, the Hawaiian word aloha, because most of us know that aloha is used in Hawaii for both. Hello and goodbye say aloha when you see somebody and you say aloha when you are leaving somebody It's 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 the same concept and so it's just an easy thing for us to package on it But as I got to looking at it, that's why I chose it But then I got to looking at the word Aloha and it is actually a much richer word than I even understood And we got a little video to show you See, aloha is a very rich, nuanced word. When people on the, on the island of Hawaii say aloha, they're not just saying hi. It's not just a greeting. It just it means all of these different things. They're actually using it in, in its full term of, uh, of mercy and grace and peace and all of these different things. As they are greeting one another, they are depositing that place of. Uh, of mercy, grace, and peace, and as they're exiting, they're, they're leaving behind those things of mercy, grace, and peace, and that's, that's honestly what Paul and, the, and the, the, the writers of the epistles are trying to do, and as I begin to just look at here, there actually ended up being a lot of, a lot of neat correlations with some words that we may already know um, from the Hawaiian island, but uh, I do want you, how many of you have the U version app? You use the U version app. Okay. In that, if you'll go into your Bible translations, don't do it now, but you can dig down in your U version app, there is a translation called Hawaiian Pigeon. You may not even know the Hawaiian Pigeon language translation was in there. If you're not familiar with a pidgin language, a pidgin language is a blend of two languages where it's where people are and it's used a lot of slang, but there are people groups that use that. If you got some folks from, from Louisiana, you got some of your Cajun folks from Louisiana. Cajun is a pidgin language. It is a blend of these of this language, and and that a lot of times if you're not steeped in that area, um, you don't you're not able to communicate well. And so Hawaiian pidgin is a blend of English and the the uh, Hawaiian language. And I'm just going to read you. I have it up here on the screen. Um the John 3.16 in the Hawaiian pigeon language, and if any of you are from Hawaii, please forgive me. Um I cannot do this justice. I will do my best. Um John 3.16, Hawaiian Pigeon. God would get so plenty love and aloha for the people inside the world that he would send me his one and only boy, so that everybody that trusts me. No get cut off from God, but get the real kind life that stayed to the max forever. I don't know about you, but I like that better. The real kind life that stayed to the max forever. That is a a better description of eternal life. I like it. And so, um, um. The uh, Shane Bailey is the one that showed me that years ago. We would throw that out at one another. That stay, stay to the max forever. But we, in this, when we, these this, these these greetings, we see that even there, that that word aloha is in John 3:16's pigeon language. That God gets so so much love and aloha. That there's this this grace, mercy, and peace that He sent Jesus. And so as we're looking at this, these the, the epistles, that is what Paul is wanting to communicate. Last week we looked at that every letter Paul writes opens with grace and peace. That that is what his number one thing he's wanting to communicate is grace and peace. It shows up all the time and we can kind of read over it like it's saying, well, hi, I'm starting now grace and peace. No, that is what he is trying to to get across to us and and if we, our minds can easily when we see a word we can easily kind of grab a hold of it and to think this direction when really we should be going in another direction with it i uh journaled real intently um for a number of years and i'm not as on top of the ball as um, in the last few years that I should, but, but I, I journaled real intently and every once in a while I like to go back through them And people ask me a lot How do you remember so many stories from when the kids are little and all these different things? And I wrote them down And so that's how I have multiple stacks of journals of these different things and I would write in the evenings One day I'd, I was when Brooklyn was 13 My oldest daughter um, I was had reading through my journal and I ran across a story about when she was six so I'm communicating to my 13-year-old, Brooklyn, about, this, about a six, her at six years old. And we used to do a game in the car. We would drive around, and we would just do random trivia. And I would ask them questions, and then they would try to answer them. And so and I would try to keep it you know, age-appropriate. And so I asked uh, Brooklyn, who was six years old at the time, I said, Brooklyn, um, what is the capital of Texas? And we're driving along, and she thinks for a minute, and she says, T. I was like, well, yeah. Wasn't what I was looking for, but sure, you you get a win on that one. And uh, so as I'm reading that to 13-year-old, Brooklyn, she's like, oh my goodness, she's like, that is a blonde joke all by itself. She said, I am a true blonde. And so, uh, so then uh, Brooklyn roasted her, 13-year-old Brooklyn roasted 6-year-old Brooklyn, which is a very Brooklyn thing to do. And so it was, uh, uh, it was pretty, but when your brain gets going down the road, the capital is two separate things, has two separate meanings. And when your brain jumps on one of these things, you can totally miss that maybe something else is trying to be communicated. And today we're going to look at this concept that I believe it's trying to be communicated. And we read over it in these greetings because it's just this title. It's just this thing that we call God. But this concept of Ohana, everybody who's watched the movie Lilo and Stitch knows that Ohana is Hawaiian for family and one of the concepts that the epistles over and over and over try to communicate to us is this idea that we are a family that this isn't a religion this isn't an organization that we're a family and if we don't look at doing life as a child of God Not a follower of Jesus. You're a child of God. And because God's our Father, then sure, we will follow Him. But first and foremost, we're a child of God. And and we're all children of God as we have said yes to Him and embraced the gift of life in Christ. And then now God is creating a family. And if we don't look at this stuff through the lens of a family, we will miss things let's look at galatians chapter 1 verse 3 it says grace and peace to you from god our father god our father we can blast over this grace and peace to you from <coughs> from uh, god our father And it's just like he's just kind of starting it out and we just kind of yeah 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 um, churchy stuff churchy stuff churchy stuff um religious stuff religious stuff religious language and that's not what Paul is doing. He's not have filler. That's not what the scriptures are saying. He's reminding them of grace and peace. Due from God our Father. Not God the Father. God our Father. I'm writing to you as a sibling I'm trying to remind you that all of you who are sitting there listening to this letter being read, because that's how this was communicated, they didn't pass it around and everybody get a chance to look at it. So they stood up and they read it out loud. And as they're listening to this, he wanted all of them to remember and hear that being said. God is our father. We need to remember that because it is having this family connection is absolutely vital god our father and the lord jesus christ who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from this present evil age according to the will of our god and father to whom the glory be forever and ever amen then as he continues to speak he continues to write and he gets begins to his closing in galatians chapter 6 verse 18 he reminds us again Says the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Be with your spirit, brothers and sisters, Amen. If you grew up in the Bible Belt, you grew up people calling some a friend from church, brother so and so, or sister so and so, like it was a title, and it began to those titles began to be used so much that we. Somehow it slipped through that even though we heard it all the time, those of us who grew up in church, I, there were people I I knew as you know as as brother Mayo and, and this person and sister so and so and all these different things, and I heard all those, but the, but what it really meant, it felt like a title more to me in my young years than it was that this is who they actually are. We are brothers and sisters. We're family in God. And Paul works real hard to bring that language into his letters to remind us that we've got to be able to stay connected as a family. 1 Corinthians 1.3 says, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. He reminds over and over again that it's important. See, God is our Father. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. In Ephesians, He opens up Ephesians, Ephesians 1, 2. says, Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. He has chosen us in Him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in His sight. In love He predestined us for adoptions to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his will, his pleasure and will. He's adopted us. He's brought us into a family. There's family language all the way through here. And this is vital. This is vital for us. In fact, he closes up um, Philippians and says, Greet all God's people in Christ Jesus. The brothers and sisters who are with me send greetings. First Thessalonians. <clears throat> now we ask you brothers and sisters to acknowledge those who work hard among you who care for you in the Lord and who admonish you. This is important that we see one another as brothers and sisters and we get back to one of Jesus's core teachings. This roots us back to one of his core teachings. We did a series last year um called the love bucket which was centered on this piece of scripture matthew chapter 25 verse 38 and this is the thing where there are people i don't have time to set up all the context but it says when did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you when did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you the king replied truly i tell you whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine you did for me whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine you did for me so many times it's easy for us to disconnect and, and a person we don't want to deal with is just one of them when it's family we're kind of stuck together and we're just gonna to have to figure it out But it's so easy to have somebody that's that's out there and is one of them. And folks, with this air conditioning deal, I had some I I, I had some some heart issues. I was irritated. I was irritated. We'd come out of our our elder meeting. And so we are whether you know it or not, our elders meet every Tuesday morning, 630 in the morning. And so um, we don't just meet periodically. It's every week. And uh, so we had our elder meeting and um, all of a sudden we noticed, we come out of it around eight-ish and that um, the air conditioner's not blowing. And so at a series of events, um, Pastor Steve goes out to the back to check the breaker. It's fine. And somebody's turned off the power to the big unit, just manually killed it. And so um, Pastor Steve turns it back on. It runs for maybe just a couple of minutes. And then, bam, it's off again. So, man, we're like, somebody's pranking us. We're going to catch them. So Pastor Steve hooks it around one side of the building. Um, Stuart saunters around the other side of the building. <laughs> and, uh, and I run up through the middle and bust out the back doors. And I'm like, where are they? And uh, there's nobody. And Pastor Steve runs into the guy who owns the, the warehouse that's attached to us. And uh, Pastor Steve says, hey, um, there was a leak in our st- stuff. Um, this guy, Brian, turned the power off. And I'm like, okay. Well, then I look down, and there's a hole about the size of a dime in our two-inch copper line. Um, a huge hole. This isn't an accident. Somebody purposely put a hole in there. So we're frustrated, and you know, we ended up calling the police, and the police come out, and make a police report because somebody has vandalized our system and so we're thinking they're probably wanting the copper but at this point there's just a big hole Um, well then as we we move on a little bit um, well then we have a guy come look at it to repair it and he looks down at it and he says man I really wish that somebody hadn't you know sawed this pipe into I'd have been able to just close this hole and I'm um, so like, eh, I don't think anybody purposely sawed this. So we checked with the one guy that maybe would have put a saw to it. He didn't do it. Well, sure enough, this guy, the guy came back. This was his second visit um, to our place back there. He just fixated on this. So then we're trying to get our plan together and do this. Only half of the system was messed up. I got a bid to get it fixed. It's thirty three hundred dollars to get it fixed. And of your generous giving that was gonna have to cover that. Um and man, just just it just made me mad. And um and, you know, and rightly so, it was wrong. And so but man, I just got I just got really frustrated when we had to have team meeting that afternoon so I'm explaining we're having a reroute We had to figure out what to do with the youth ministry and different things on Wednesday and so I'm in our staff meeting and our team meeting and I just kept referring to this person who did this um, and I just kept calling them the jack wagon and, and so and I was like that jack wagon did this and that jack wagon did this and my wife began to low-key call me out on on referencing this person in a a, with a negative word and so and she begins oh jack wagon huh hmm so oh i guess this person this other person they oh that must be their jack wagon and then she just keeps calling me out and i'm like ah all right all right right, dear all right and i'm just being frustrated i don't know if any of the rest of the team even caught on what was happening between the two of us and uh so I had to then go, I was like, well, I'm going to put up a camera, and I'm going to bust this jack wagon. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm driving to Best Buy to go get uh, a camera. And uh, one of the managers at Best Buy uh, comes to the church, saw me, hey, pastor, how are you doing, what are you doing? And I just ranted on him right there. But I was like, this jack wagon, this, you know, just... Stealing our copper. He's come back. I'm getting the camera. We're gonna bust him. And so he's like, "All right." He gets me. Helps me. Gets me the camera. And, and um, I go to pay for it. And as I'm driving, I, I like to listen to this. I like to listen to the scriptures. So I have my my earphones on, and, and I'm li- just listening to the scriptures. And I'm not taking it in. It's going in my ear. But man, my heart is just, oh, I'm mad at this jackwagon, and um and so i I happen to be on the part of the one of the gospels where judas um is comes up to betray jesus and this is just playing in my ears and judas um comes up to betray kisses kisses jesus on the cheek and uh, jesus speaks to judas and jesus says friend uh do what you've come to do and man, I just like, my wife's rebuke and now the Holy Spirit. And I'm like, no, Lord, you didn't say jack wagon, do what you've come to do. <laughs> and Judas is being a jack wagon big time. <gasps> and, and so, and I was like, ah, you called him friend. You called him friend. You knew what he was doing. You knew what he was doing. And you call him friend. This was this was an event that Judas could not forgive himself for, and he eventually hung himself. It was Judas's lowest moment, to the point that the despair and the regret caused him to take his own life. And in his lowest, ugliest moment, that was his highest point of regret ever in Judas's life. Jesus calls him friend. I'm like, ah, Lord, help me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry i've called this guy jack wagon well we pray over our neighborhood we pray over this area and we want people from the city we want to be able to connect and people to come in um and so i you know i've heard this so i i'm my brain i was like what 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 is a jack wagon i don't even know what that is so i looked it up (laughs) here you go definition of jack wagon Is a slang insult meaning worthless or lazy that may have originated from the nickname of the 19th century chow wagons in a wagon train. An example of a jack wagon in an insult would be to call someone you thought was a loser. Here I am trying to pastor and I'm just, just... sit there and just that's all i'm doing is, is speaking worthlessness and being a loser over this person and yeah i mean they're a criminal um but they're those of us we've had our low moments too we've had all, all of us have had things we regret and, and were foolish and caused way more harm to someone else so i'm sitting there and i'm like oh lord help me Guess what? This wasn't over. I get the camera up, go to Emmaus. I'm we're in a worship service, and I can't even I can't even focus. I've just got my my ring app open, and I'm watching. (laughs) We're looking. We're gonna get this guy. And if they all of a sudden in the middle of Emmaus, I'm jump up. I'm gonna get out of there and go catch somebody. And so I'm sitting there watching and watching, and and um. Anyway, sure enough. Um, so sure enough, the camera goes offline, and we're like, "We need to check it." I get over here, and the police are here. There's like six cop cars. There's a fire truck with a ladder searching the roof. And I do a, the second police report for the day, and that individual stole the camera. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding, he stole the camera. <gasps> stole it, and it didn't even get a video of him. It was up high, this was not easy, people. I didn't sit it on the ground, this was this was not an easy thing for this person to do. And they do that, and I'm like, oh, okay. So now there's all these police, I finally get to bed at 1 a.m., I'm not calling him a jack wagon, but I'm still upset. And I just can't believe this. I get, the, I get my phone. I mean, my doorbell ringing at 4.30 in the morning. Just three, three and a half hours later. This is our wonderful police who have been on there. And they're letting me know. Um, showed up again. Fourth time in one day. There's been a foot chase. He outran and got away and snuck off into apartments or something, and got away. And the second time he got into the second system and tore up the second system, which then had double the work, double the expense, double everything. And I'm just like, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness, I just, this is unimaginable that not only has this person come back four times, it's stolen the Cameron. And the police are there. They were working hard for us. And evades the police. And I'm just like, oh. And this message <laughs> was what I had to preach this Sunday about looking at people through the lens of brothers and sisters. And I'm telling you, right here when we look at whatever you've done to the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, Person could be a believer, not acting very cross like but it could be. I mean, there's a lot of people who are believers that don't act very cross like So, um, that man, I, that moment, um, I, I was not one of my better moments. I, I, it was hilarious to me as I was going back over this. It says, "When you see me sick or in prison, uh, when do we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you?" Um, I wanted to see him in prison all right, but not go see him in prison, just see him in prison. And, and, and it was just, oh, and since folks, sometimes this is what is so hard. This is what is so hard about this family thing and why Paul has to remind us. Because our family family, um, they don't just offend us one time. They don't offend us just two times or three times or four times family is hard because we're dealing with the same stuff and it's the same offense seriously you jacked with this same thing again yes and what do we do we forgive we let go we're like oh. Heavenly Father, help me to respond like you, help me to respond like you, help me to respond like you. This happens within our individual families and under our our individual roofs, and it happens right here. And folks, if we lose sight of this being about being a family, we will let all of these moments tear us all apart. But remember that that this is about family, that we will remember that this is something we have to fight for. See, life works better when we view each other as family. Galatians 6, 10. Oh, my goodness. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. 1 Thessalonians 4, 9 says, Now, about your love for one another, we do not need to write to you, for you yourselves have been taught by God to love each other, and in fact, you do love all God's family throughout macedonia yet we urge you brothers and sisters do so more and more and peter's closing thoughts on first peter 5 it says cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you be alert and sober-minded your enemy the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour resist him standing firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. You're not alone in this. You're not alone in this. You're part of a family. And they're dealing with some of this too. See, for families to flourish, we must love, forgive, and support each other. We must love, forgive, and support each other. 2 Corinthians 1.3 says, Praise be to the God and Father of our lord jesus christ the father of compassion and the god of all comfort who comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from god he comforts us in our troubles, so that we can comfort others he comforts us so that we can comfort others and then second corinthians 13 wraps up finally brothers and sisters rejoice strive for full restoration encourage one another be of one mind live in peace and the god of love and peace will be with you folks sometimes you just got to find the joy it says rejoice sometimes you just got to find it and strive it says strive for full restoration. Strive means making some effort. And sometimes it will make you tired. Striving sometimes makes you tired. But, but there's a place where it's worth the energy. Strive for full restoration. The enemy wants to come in and destroy family. The family of God. Individual families. But we're going to have to love, support, and forgive one another. And strive for full restoration. Put energy into it put energy into it I was at the farmers market um, yesterday and a couple of our sweet folks here in the church um, sell some stuff out there and and um, the guy didn't know about how Tuesday had been but he was at that Emmaus meeting where I was looking at my phone and trying to catch somebody and, and he said uh, he said pastor um, I, I, I'm just going to say this he said he said Tuesday you, you just looked really tired you looked really tired. And I said, well, Frank, um, Tuesday was a rough day. And um, it, was, it, was a, it was a hard day. And I was tired. Um, uh, I was. And, um, but I loved it that he didn't know what was going on. He didn't know all the different things. But I loved it so much that he was willing to notice something was wrong with me. And when he got the opportunity, he began to ask me and, and care for me and encourage me and that is what a family does a family's there for one another and says hey is what's going on let me support you let me encourage you things aren't quite don't seem quite right we're going to have some tough conversations one another as family we're going to be there to support one another as family because folks our bottom line today is we are family we're family and we have to look at this through the lens of family you will miss Miss, miss, what all of these epistles are trying to say if we forget that this is about family. Folks, God is for us from first to last, from aloha to aloha. He's for us, and we need to let Him speak to us as our Father and look at one another as brothers and sisters in Christ. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Celebration Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.